Hello and welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by MTM's managing editor, Mark Osterman. We have a great show for you. As a reminder, you can watch this entire show along with all the visuals that go along with it at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. We record two weekly news shows. They release Tuesdays and Fridays on YouTube. We combine them here into one podcast coming out every single Friday. On this week's show, we have a ton to discuss, including that record lottery jackpot. The travel lodge on the South Strip is finally being demolished. Tillman Fertitta's casino is coming soon. Speaking of him, he's made almost $100 million on his purchase of Wynn stock. Pretty crazy. We'll also discuss the rumor mill, who may be looking to buy a downtown Las Vegas casino. We discussed the largest sports betting win in history. Caesars took it pretty well. A nightmare before Christmas themed restaurant and Cosmo. MGM has reversed their no filming policy at Cosmo. Well, sort of. We'll discuss all of that and more coming right up. But first, if you like this show, don't forget to subscribe in your favorite podcast app. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, it really helps us out. If you leave a five-star review, a written review is even better. It helps us reach more people. And as a reminder, you can find all of our Vegas posts, videos, and podcasts at mtmvegas.com. Thanks so much for listening. Let's hit it. So Mark, the Powerball jackpot is up to $1.9 billion. And Las Vegans did what Las Vegans do. They all drove out to State Line to Prim, Nevada to wait in hours-long lines to get a ticket. Uh, we did, we saw this, what, earlier? Like last week, it was $1.2 billion, Then it went up to $1.6. Nobody won. It's $1.9 billion. We're recording this on November 7th, which is the night of the, the jackpot. So by the time this comes out, hopefully somebody won. Would you wait like five hours for one of those tickets? So is this people coming from California because they're not in one of the states listed for the Powerball? Is that what's going on? I was wondering, I'm like... Is there not a gas station anywhere else that you can buy lottery tickets? So actually, Powerball is in California, so that's the reason. So it's all the people from Nevada driving over the border, and this is the closest place that they can go in California to get tickets. Because okay. gotcha. uh, lotteries are illegal in Nevada. Uh, I think the casinos had something to do with that. So stupid. All right, Mark, we have a lot of stuff to cover today, but let's start with this. Apparently, you and I are the only two people in the world who didn't know that rattlesnakes are pit vipers. So the Vegas Vipers name for the new XFL team makes sense, I guess, because rattlesnakes are indeed it. vipers. Did you, <laughs> did you did you confirm this with Google? I don't I don't buy yeah, it. Yeah, I did. And like 8 million comments <laughs> telling us how dumb we are. So whatever. It's okay. It's okay. So Vegas Vipers make sense. Good for them. The Hoping rest the of them don't. I stand by that. The rest of them do not. I think. All right. Maybe. All right. You can fact check us for all of them, I guess. What makes sense but is sad is that the travel lodge on the South Strip is being demolished. And this building was built back in the early 60s. Uh, it, I think it became the travel lodge in 66. It had a couple other names before that. This is one of the plots of land where the Tillman Fertitta Casino is uh, going to go. So hopefully we'll get groundbreaking maybe in the next few months as they're already doing site clearing. Uh, there were some pictures on Twitter. James in Vegas, I think, sent to Vital Vegas. And you can see that most of the motel is now gone. So they're not wasting any time. Again, no official announcement, but hopefully, you know, that's going to come soon as soon as they get everything cleared away. Yeah, it's crazy how quickly they can get in there and just rip stuff down. It, like, it just looks like a sand pit in most of the area now, which I guess it's always easier to destroy than it is to build. But still, the the speed at what they, with what they can do it in is, is just crazy to me. Yeah, I mean, this is a historic building. As much as it's, you know, a travel lodge and people like to make fun of it and it, <laughs> I've seen better days. This is a 60-year-old I'm thinking hotel. of jokes in my head that when you <laughs> said the sad, I said nobody's sad. <laughs> it's sad. I mean, it's another piece of Vegas history. Uh, there's still one left, though. The one by Circus Circus is pretty much equally as old. I don't know the exact date it opened, but it's 50, 60 years old. It's still there. I wonder, you know, how long it remains. It sits on a pretty big chunk of land. A lot of that wasted away by the motel parking lot. So we still got one travel lodge on the Strip. If you want that Vegas travel lodge experience, 
probably get it sooner Nobody. rather than later. Nobody does. <laughs> well, then you can just stay at Travelodge and then move to Circus Circus, and then it'll just seem like a really nice hotel in comparison. So, you know, it's all, <laughs> it's all That's relative. That's one way to do it. Yeah. And then when you go to Resorts World after that, you might actually like it. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. You just keep <laughs> going up and then just go across the street to win, and then, uh, you know, it just keeps getting better from there. So you start at the bottom, you work your way up. I think we should go sense. backwards one time for a video and see how that goes. <laughs> just get further depressed as you as you head north on the street. As you lose more money on your trip, you get into crappier hotels. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you win, you upgrade. If you lose, you uh, you end up at the travel lodge. All right, so oh, that would be an interesting game to play, like with a group of people in Vegas. Like whoever wins gets to go to this hotel. Whoever loses for the day goes to this hotel. And each game, each day, it's like a, a a competition. Like top guy, you make a reservation at like five different hotels. Top winner gets this hotel. Person that loses the most gets this hotel. That would be insane. Yeah, it's like a Russian roulette for uh, for hotels or something like that. I don't know. Sad to see the Travelodge go. Excited for this casino. I'm really excited for an official announcement. Maybe we'll learn a little bit more about it. Although I doubt we'll learn too much more at the beginning. Uh, but yeah, that Cosmo clone coming soon, hopefully. And uh, another thing I wanted to talk about, a friend of mine recently got to do a tour of the UFC headquarters and I don't think they do public tours. I haven't really seen a lot inside. He took a lot of pictures and said I could use them. So we got to show you guys uh, inside. This is the world headquarters of the UFC. It's located on the 215. And I think between like Jones and Rainbow or Decatur in there, I forget exactly which exit it's on. Uh, they built it, I think it opened in 2017. So this is a newer building. They have the gym with like the full facility. It was really cool to see like the cold plunge cryo chamber, uh, whirlpools. Of course, they have the octagon there. So this is where the world's best uh, UFC fighters train. I'm kind of surprised they train in the, the the same space, you know. After watching Rocky movies, I feel like they want to train in different areas. <laughs> but I'm sure they do their own thing and then come in there sometimes for maybe treatments and, and whatever. But yeah, at first I, I, I didn't know what it was when you shared pictures. I was like, is this just a, like a really cool gym that you can be a member of? And you're like, no, this is their headquarters. Where they go and work out. But yeah, the pools and everything looked, uh, you know, state of the art and pretty cool. Yeah, it's a massive complex that they built a few years ago. So, of course, they have all their corporate offices there. I think there's two different buildings. Yeah, the definitely one of them is the gym. I'm guessing, like you say, the tra they train in their own gyms and stuff like that. But this is maybe for younger fighters coming up and people who need some of the facilities. But it does look like a, a world-class facility. And, uh, you know, a reminder that UFC, this global phenomenon, has really been based here in Las Vegas the whole time. You know, run by... Dana White, of course, who lives here. My son played football against his son way back in the day. Uh, so, uh, yeah, they used to beat us, the, the Cowboys. They were they were the best. They poured so much money into that youth football team that uh, it was like our team was the Bad News Bears in comparison. So it's nice to have so like they, a, they, they give them Dana they White. They gave them the Brett Favre treat, treatment. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> but I think Dana White, he did put a lot of effort into that team as far as like funding and um, yeah, it was, uh, they were the best in the city basically at that time. So uh, it was interesting, but yeah, this is, uh, this UFC is Vegas. Cool looking side. Thanks to my friend, uh, who will remain anonymous for, for giving me those pictures to show everybody a rare look inside. I don't know if it's a rare look inside, but I don't think they give public tours. So that was fun. Uh, <laughs> so Mark, we have to talk about formula one, one more time, really I quick. I predicted okay. <laughs> exactly what happened. It was stupid. What did you predict? <laughs> that they were going to do Tokyo Drift in the street and just like burn smoke people out with tire uh, smoke everywhere. Nobody likes smelling burnt rubber. I don't know. I mean, it was okay. The well, drone I mean, stuff was cool. The drone yeah. stuff was cool. 
Yeah, we'll talk about that. So going to a race, you know, that's what you smell is burn rubber. I think we knew that they were going to do that peel out and everything because they did that in the tests. But it was pretty cool to see. Uh, a lot of people showed up on Saturday night for these races. I think they had like a Red Bull truck. And then, of course, they had Formula One cars. And as you said, they were racing down portions of the strip. They closed from basically from Caesars Palace valet entry, that loop, all the way to Paris's valet entry, that loop. And that's what they used for it. And a lot of people showed up and a lot of cool vantage points all over social media, which I'll show everybody right now. The coolest one, I think, was the driver's POV going down the strip. And I think it's like a reinforcement of what the optics of this race are going to be. It's going to be a really cool nighttime race with the Vegas strip in the background the entire time. I think it's going to be really pretty to, to see. So uh, excited for that. Uh, all the other stuff, the ticket prices, the hotel prices, the craziness, of course, that's going to come. But I feel like Formula One, if their goal was to give us just a little taste of what it's going to be like a year from now, they did a good job. So I was happy to see that. And as you said, they did a giant drone show over Caesars Palace with like, they made drones into like a Formula One car. It was a really cool show. I hope drone shows become uh, the new norm to either supplement firework shows or, you know, become their own thing. Because I, everyone I've seen, it's been pretty cool. Yeah, I feel like Lady Gaga kicked it off with the, do you remember when she did the Super Bowl with the drones and all that stuff and they're moving yeah. all around? So I think that was kind of like the first time it was like out there for everybody to see type of thing. So I always enjoy them. I mean, I wonder how they're going to like secure. And I know they're used to doing this. They've, you know, done street street racing and stuff before. But it just seems crazy, like how close everybody was to the action. I doubt it's going to be set up like that for the actual race, because if there's an accident or something, there's a chance for it to roll over, uh, go over barriers and stuff. But, you know, part of the uh, issue with society is you see all these videos and it's everybody standing there and everybody's just holding up their phone. All you do is see people with phones like this. <laughs> and that's good for us time. because it shows up on social media and then we <laughs> yeah. can we can show I know, but like I, I they should just designate like one person in each area and then airdrop it to like everybody else uh you know it's just sad to see that people and i know some are looking and watching while they're just holding it up there but you don't get to take it in as much because you just want to get it on video so bad um so that's the cool thing about the race i guess because they're going through so many times that i doubt you're gonna some people will probably sit there the whole time but uh i doubt most people will you know, film besides a little quick snippet and here and there and stuff. And we'll get to actually enjoy what's going on in front of them. But it looked it looked like chaotic and this wasn't even the full thing. So I can't even imagine. So when the Formula One race happens, I've been in Macau for the Grand Prix or I was there for the qualifying like the day before the race. And I've been in Long Beach when they're setting up the Grand Prix there. And they have these giant barriers on the side, like big concrete barriers with big uh, you know, they're tall and, and they're big. They have like mesh so people can see through, but they are heavily protecting people. So I wouldn't worry about that uh, for the actual race. They'll have all of that stuff up. It takes them weeks and weeks, in fact, to set up that. Uh, when I was in Long Beach earlier this year, for I was there like three weeks before the Grand Prix and they already started setting up the barriers everywhere. So it was uh, an so interesting So avoid thing. Vegas for three weeks yeah. before. <laughs> yeah, and this is what the Formula <laughs> One fans are saying. It's going to take, uh, it's going to be crazy. Uh, yeah, so we triggered a lot of Formula One fans last week or on the last show because basically saying we don't know what we're talking about. Formula One's so big. I agree. If we're, yeah, we it's know. big. We know. But I well, still can hate on it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we know it's going to be a big deal and uh, Mark's still going to hate on it. You also triggered one Canadian football fan, so you got to stop oh, it with triggering everybody. Uh, I mean, they're there. they're right now. They're like my neighbor, so I feel bad about that. Nicest All people. Right. So speaking of fans... The biggest Houston fan ever, Mattress Mac, the guy who placed uh, all $10 million in bets uh, for his mattress store. He won. The Astros won the World Series, and he won $72.6 million. And in fact, 
Caesar Sportsbook. He made a $3 million bet there for a $30 million payout. That is the largest payout in sports betting history, or at least legal sports betting history. Uh, so I'm sure <laughs> who knows what's happened in the past other than that. But good to see him. All those people get their free stuff or everything else. And he's already started a promotion for 2023. So uh, go buy your mattresses now. Yeah, I wonder how much like he gets to keep. Like, I'm guessing... The ten million goes back in his pocket, which is pretty cool, you know, because that was probably money that he made off of these sales, and and the the bet covers all that. And I love that people, you know, bought like a four thousand dollar bedroom set and get eight thousand dollars back if they did it early. That's that's pretty cool. Like you're gonna buy it anyway, so you you get like a little mini lottery ticket out of it, and you know, hopefully they all get paid out pretty quickly. But uh, I think this is such a, a cool idea, and I'm surprised nobody else because I know he's been doing this for years and years. I'm surprised nobody else has really picked up on it or tried it in different areas i mean you can't try try it in detroit because nobody's you know gonna win in detroit so (laughs) (laughs) i wonder uh you know i wonder what the economics of him over time are how much he's lost for one but of course people pointed out you know mattresses have high uh you know margins right good profits they've also said a lot of people he's really popular in the community really a great guy does a lot of charity events a lot of stuff so it's been good to hear from people about how well he loved he is in the community and uh, everything else there. So congratulations, really happy that that happened. Caesars, on their part, was a good sport about it, inviting him to bet back, uh, to come back, bet on the, you know, on the Rockets, bet on other Houston teams, bet on on all the bad (laughs) Astros again. Please come bet on the Texans. (laughs) Yeah, no, they did, the Texans too. So yeah, they they were good sports about it. They said he's welcome back. You know, he's a big player. So like, I wonder how much he's won versus loss over time. But of course, he insures it with his sales and his stores. So uh, good for him. Good for him. Fun story. Glad everybody's getting their free mattresses. Hopefully uh, the Astros do good next year. I don't know. Uh, he's already selling mattresses. So it seems a little early to lock in that bet right now. But uh, there you go. So congratulations to them. Yeah. I mean, if they go back to back, that'd be kind of crazy uh, and for sales and everything. Well, I wonder if people would just go buy more mattresses. Like, I know I got one, but I guess we're going to update the guest room now or... <laughs> you know, we got all this free money. They're they're pretty much. Don't you think if you bought and you got your money back, you're going to shop there for like ever, no matter what. From exactly, now on, so. it's, it's a it's Get, a great business promotion. Yeah. He does great for the community. You know, it's a win win. Awesome guy. He was at the game, so uh, yeah, it was it was awesome to see. You know, one last thing before we go, Mark. Speaking of sports, the Las Vegas Raiders are uh, competing for the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, and then my beloved Green Bay Packers. They hit a new low mark. They lost to the Detroit Lions, to your Detroit Lions, this yeah. week. So they're Aaron now Rogers competing. Got paid. He got so paid. So now I think we just need to just lose all out. Hope a cup. Hope everybody gets to three how, wins, and we get the how, number one pick. So. How much did it upset you that he was laughing and joking and slapping the back of Lions players while he was throwing three interceptions on the field? Did that Did that bother you at all? You know, I'm just ready for him to go. So <laughs> it's, it's time for a new. Now era. you just he triggered all the uh, AA Rod lovers. But yeah, hopefully the Raiders can do something. Uh, you know, their ticket prices are still insane, even having two wins. But hopefully the prices will come down even uh, if they don't win. Rough, rough season for both my teams. So, Mark, Election Day was Tuesday. And while we won't talk about specifics because we don't do politics here, Nevada is doing its every two-year party where we take an extra two weeks to count the votes past all the other states because we're just so special. Is the hanging Chad made a return? Is that what's going on? The, <laughs> <laughs> they're not poking the hole? I don't understand like, how long we've been doing elections, hundreds of years, and technology is better, and we can't get any better at this thing. Like, How is this a struggle bus every, every two years when... 
You just did it. I don't know when you leave, leave it up to Nevada to, to mess this up. But uh, yeah, it's going to be at least another week probably before we have all the votes. A lot of close contests. So people are sitting on the edge of their seats. If it was a uh, vote for best show in Vegas, you know, Chris Angel would be upset and he'd call for a recall because he'd get zero votes. So uh, we covered a couple weeks ago that MGM had made a big reversal on their policy of filming at Cosmo. And uh, some things have changed, apparently. It's become really big for YouTube streamers and streamers on other platforms like TikTok and Instagram to go in. They bring this big setup with a tripod. And I don't know if you've ever seen them in the casinos. I have. Apparently, it's gotten really bad at Cosmo or it had gotten really bad. I saw some like people telling stories about seeing five people with tripods filming one machine and you know, it got out of hand. So they banned it all together. And now apparently this last week, according to Mark Meltzer, Cosmo is now allowing you to film your own gambling if you don't use any equipment. So just like on a phone or a handheld camera, something like that. So you don't have to bring a tripod or a bunch of equipment. This seems like a happy medium to me and I'm pretty much okay with it. Yeah, I'm surprised they ever allowed tripods, to be honest, unless it was like something that they invited the person and allowed them to set up and like roped off the area or whatever which I know they've done sometimes for, for some bigger YouTube uh, channels, but to just have somebody, and I would never even consider bringing in a tripod. Like that just seems so crazy to me to have this thing set up, uh, you know, right next to me blocking other people. It's just kind of a courtesy to other people. You know, the, the slot machines are already pretty tight when you walk around. So avoiding that and people are having drinks and you know, you don't really want somebody that's been drinking a bit to be stumbling through and knock over your tripod anyway. So I could see it being an issue and I, I don't have a problem with that. Like as long as they let you film your own stuff and you're not blocking anything or using that type of equipment, I think it's fine. I love to hear from the people out there in the comments about how often they film their bonuses because since the story ran a couple weeks ago, I've heard from tons of people who say they film, not people who are influencers or YouTubers or anything, just people that when they get a bonus, they'll pop out their, you know, their phone and, and do it. You talked about how people, you know, you get four to a Royal, you pop out your phone, you film it this just in case the Royal comes up so you have the footage of it. So I think like society's changing, right? Everybody wants to film their stuff. So I think tons of regular people want to film their own gambling and it's pretty good. I wonder if they'll be allowing people to use like gimbals and stuff. Like I've done that before, but it doesn't really make a huge difference with the newer phones holding it by hand. You can keep it pretty steady, pretty difficult, I guess, if you're by yourself though. So that's really the thing for like influencers and YouTubers, but they'll adjust and uh, Cosmo is a business, right? You can't have people blocking the walkways blocking everything. This doesn't really solve, you know, a lot of people thought this rule was because of that, what was his name, D-Money, the guy on Instagram who sells access to, I don't really know how it all works, but he sells, I don't know, advice, things like that. You pay him money and then you go and he sort of guarantees jackpots. I don't want to like disparage him in any way, but a lot of if people that was the case, have an why issue wouldn't you, Why wouldn't you just keep all the jackpots yourself? Like that logic yeah. dictates that if a guy's like, hey, I can show you how to make money, he would just make money himself. If he knew how to do it. So what what's the point of paying somebody to do it? I, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I, it, it does seem strange. I've seen his videos on Instagram and TikTok. People in the video seem happy. Of course, he only shows the wins, I think. Um, you know, there's got to be losses there, too. Uh, but he he films by hand. So I wonder if that'll change anything uh, with him. I know a lot of people <laughs> uh, were in the comments really upset with him and what's going on with that feeling like it's really dishonest. Um, but you know, I don't know enough about it. I don't want to disparage him, but it's quite interesting that you have this level of people making tons of money off the casinos. Of course, they're gambling, so the casinos are making money off the gambling itself. It's this weird ecosystem that's developed, you know, outside of like the normal everyday gambler, 
And I expect it's only going to get, you know, bigger and bigger as social media grows, as TikTok influencers and Instagram influencers and YouTube influencers become more prevalent. So <laughs> more cameras everywhere. How many people got into this just so they could write off their gambling losses? Like, hey, if I film this and I put a video up, then I can claim it as like, uh, you know, an investment in my business and I, I lost money. So it was, you know, kind of like going out to eat or whatever that you write off. So I wonder how many of that it's just to like prolong their gambling. I, I don't know. It just it seems I've never really understood the whole idea of watching somebody play slots. Like I get it if it's a new machine and you want to see how the bonuses work and the payouts and all that stuff, like something new, but like something that's been around for 10, 15 years, I just, I, I never really understood it, but it is, it's a huge thing. Like people watching them all over the place, like millions of views. So it, it's something I don't understand, but people seem to love. Yeah. A lot of our awesome viewers love to watch slot channels too. Let us know down in the comments what you like about them. You like seeing the new machines. Do you like just like getting the atmosphere of the casino because you're not able to get there? I know that became really popular during COVID when people weren't traveling uh, to watch people and a lot of the live streams too. So, you know, like uh, a lot of the slot channels, you'll get big jackpots and they'll post a lot of that stuff. But a lot of the live streams, you're actually just sort of watching the person gamble. So you're sort of along for the ride. So yeah, let us know what you guys think yeah, that's cool. about this stuff, what you like and all that. Uh, so somebody actually is making money in Las Vegas, and that's Tillman Fertitta, the guy building that brand new strip casino on the South Strip, the owner of Golden Nugget and uh, the Houston Rockets, a ton of other things. He invested 6% or 6.1% of win. So he bought 6.1% of win stock. And uh, it came out this week. He bought it at $54 a share. It's up to 68 now. So he's already made like almost $100 million off that stock. The... Uh, Win CEO Craig Billings said basically he bought in at a really good time. There's no comments on if you know anything's going to happen between these. Maybe uh, Fertitta just saw a good opportunity to cash in, and uh, so far he's done pretty well on his investment there with Win. Just shows if you have a lot of money, it's easy to make more money. You know, I'm, I'm, oh, he could have lost though. I mean, the stock could uh, be at forty dollars too. <laughs> I mean, when you're buying in that much, you're going to drive up the stock on your own somewhat. So. It's not super surprising. Plus, you're buying, you know, low end compared to Wynn's historical value. So it's not super surprising. But, you know, 100 million, he's probably like, ah, no, I'm not, I'm not going to cash out there type of thing. But yeah, you know, billionaires playing billionaires games, I guess. He just needs the Wynn stock price to go up 10x and that'll fully pay for his new casino on the South Strip. So maybe that's how he's financing it. Uh, but yeah, an interesting thing and a good point. It takes money uh, to make money in most cases there. Speaking of money and Wynn Resorts, the Wynn Resorts ex-CEO, Matt Maddox, he's the guy who took over from Steve Wynn when Steve Wynn left the company and a longtime, uh, very powerful person in Las Vegas and at Wynn Resorts, uh, worth about $110 million, made a lot of money at Wynn. He uh, resigned pretty abruptly, uh, I think it was earlier this year, right at the beginning of this year, and Craig Billings took over as CEO of Wynn. But apparently there's rumors, and this is coming from Vital Vegas, so it is a, we should put up a graphic, Vital Vegas rumor alert. You know, it could be true, it could not be true, but it's a fun discussion to have. Could be a thought, could be a rumor, <laughs> we don't know. Yeah, I mean, we love uh, Vital Vegas, but uh, we know that many of you uh, aren't uh, so trusting in his rumors. But apparently Matt Maddox is looking to buy a casino in downtown Las Vegas. Uh, we don't know if he has a group of investors or what else, but there's not a lot for sale in downtown Las Vegas. You have Derek Stevens 
owning his properties. The plaza is pretty secure. Uh, other you know properties like Golden Nugget you would think would be pretty secure with Tillman Fertitta. There are a couple like Binions and Four Queens which are owned you know by the same owner, but they have some weird things with the land where they're owned by different people. So the buildings are owned by the company. So it's it's a weird thing. I don't know. It's kind of fun to talk about yet another person maybe coming to downtown, somebody as uh, powerful as Maddox. Yeah, I mean, 110 million is a lot of money, but it doesn't seem like it's by casino money. I'm sure he'll have to line up investors and all that. Uh, you know, I know in the, the show notes, it said like Main Street Station wouldn't make sense or they wouldn't be looking to sell, but it's, it's so dead there and they really haven't done anything with it. I don't know what their plan is, but you think that would make sense for them. But maybe they're just holding out hope for back in the heyday. I don't know. It just seems weird, uh, you know, how dead that place is compared to what it used to be. Yeah, though it's weird because Boyd owns Main Street Station. They own California. They own Fremont. They're doing a big expansion to Fremont and renovating and modernizing it. They did a lot of work on California, too. Main Street Station sort of still looks the way it is, although it has that sort of classic vibe. But it does really well with the Hawaiian tourists and that tourism market is picked up and that sort of Boyd sort of brand downtown is bringing in the Hawaiians, making sure they have it. And it's those three properties have always worked well together there, but you know, who knows, maybe they do have three properties. So maybe they will get rid of one or maybe this is just all, uh, you know, fantasy, but uh, you know, it's interesting because Maddox left pretty abruptly. He has a huge amount of experience in the casino industry and not just in the casino industry. This is a guy who, was the CEO of Wynn Resorts, the crown jewel maybe of the casino industry, or at least one of the crown jewels. So tons of experience. It'll be really interesting to follow, see what he does next, whether it's buying a casino or whatever company he goes to, because no doubt there's a lot of people who would want to have him. So Resorts uh, World could use him. <laughs> yeah, there <laughs> there you go. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on him. So did you see the news that the airport gambling concession company, Airport Slot Concessions, it's owned by Michael Gahn, and I'll talk about Michael Gahn in a minute. Uh, they operate over 1,400 slot machines at the airport, and uh, they're, they've been there doing that since 1986. They just passed $1 billion in revenue, and uh, based on their numbers, they do about $40 million a year which is about $110,000 a day gambled at the airports. Or if you average it out over the entire 36-year period, that's about $76,000 a day gambled there, all the way from 1986 to today. Tons of money, and maybe that's why uh, you know flights are a little cheaper. I don't know, but uh, people are gambling so much at the airport, and you know the odds are never really <laughs> that good there. I do wonder, like, is the airport, you know, how does it compare to a regular consumer? I know you're giving up, you know, they don't have comps, they don't have all that stuff, they don't have to advertise, they don't have to put up players in rooms. So maybe they are a little bit looser. I don't know. Or maybe, you know, the government runs it or it's in the, a government building. So they have to be a little more tight. I don't know. But it just seems I'm sure there's gamblers out there that know are in the know. They can let us know in the comments. But I've always been, you know, wondered, how does this compare to there? Maybe it's the same. I don't know. But, you know, their costs are a lot lower than what you'd have at a casino, I would imagine, with all the upkeep and everything else. But they also have less ways for revenue. So. I don't know, you know, captive audience for sure. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say, captive audience. So, I mean, anecdotally, though, those machines are pretty tight. That's what people always say. But I don't know that I've seen anything, you know, in writing or there's any proof of that. Um, but I'm sure that, uh, you know, out of that revenue, they've made a ton of money. And the people, you know, like you said, captive audience, you get delayed. Or some people just want to take that last shot before they leave. Um, I always see people at the machines, obviously, uh, they're pretty busy. There's also like a little smoking section. So people who smoke in the airport or if you want to smoke, you can go into the smoking gambling room and uh, and do that. So that's always a, 
a nice thing for people. So I don't know. I just think it gives people time to, you know, something to kill time in a place where you need to kill time. And, you know, what we'll see. But Michael Gahn is an interesting fellow because he is the son of Jackie Gahn, who was a longtime very famous casino owner in downtown. But Michael Gahn himself is very famous because he started Coast Casinos and the Barbary Coast in 1975. That's your... uh your beloved Cromwell today, and uh, then the Gold Coast, the Orleans, the Sun Coast, and eventually built the South Coast, which he then sold his company, Coast Casinos, to Boyd Gaming. And uh, he was on the board of Boyd Gaming, didn't get along with them, and ended up making a deal. The South Coast, which is now the South Point, cost $600 million to build. He agreed to basically sell all his stock, get out of Boyd Gaming, if they would sell him the South coast for uh, 576 million so basically at a loss and he still owns it today he's 79 years old i uh, used to know his family we used to wait on them at ihop his uh, ex-wife met his son my wife worked with his son at the sun coast so uh, interesting family that ties through here and this is just their sort of side business imagine getting that contract in 1986 and how i don't know how lucrative it's been all these years it's pretty crazy all right so we'll end with some cool food things starting with a Nightmare Before Christmas restaurant. Now, I don't know that through all the years we've worked together that I've told you how much I really love the Nightmare Before Christmas. Not a surprise because it's Disney, right? And every year Disneyland, they redo their Haunted Mansion ride into the Nightmare Before Christmas. And so that sort of always got me loving it and my family loves it. I don't know. We have to maybe go over here. So this restaurant, Mas Por Favor, Taqueria y Tequila, will become Nightmare Before Christmas for the holiday season. They're going to have like life-size figures you're going to enter through a magical sliding door and walk through hallways and the whole restaurant basically is going to be designed for nightmare before christmas you're going to see oogie boogie jack skellington sally pillows all the good stuff do you like this movie no of course you don't (laughs) i knew you wouldn't i'm glad to see a restaurant you know doing it up for the holidays and this is a popular franchise whether whether you like it or not yeah i mean we've seen this quite a few times now with theming for restaurants i think the alice in wonderland thing looks a bit cooler to me like a more immersive experience where this just looks like they're decorating uh, you know to a movie adding some lights and and some art and, and stuff like that where Alice in Wonderland feels, at least from the videos we've seen, feels more more like you're going into it, you know, and they kind of designed it that way. So I think I'm more involved in that type of thing. Like even the Lost Spirits Distillery, that was like an immersive experience. So I think I'd look more for that. All right, last one. We talked about the Red Rock Casino, how they're basically renovating the casino, doing a lot of stuff, bringing in new restaurants. They got rid of their buffet with COVID. And basically... Uh, they're renovating most of the casino and a lot of the other areas. Definitely needed it. I talked last year on the show about how it's such a nice place, but it was really dated to the mid-2000s. So uh, good to see that. And they released what it looks like the Lotus of Siam restaurant. Now, this is a very famous Thai restaurant in Las Vegas. Started in Commercial Center, which is on Sahara, kind of just east of the Sahara Hotel. And they have another location on Flamingo. So really popular Thai restaurant. Moving into Red Rock Casino it looks gorgeous. If this is where they're going with this renovation, I'm all on board. This is such a beautiful property, and it just needs these touch-ups, and bringing these types of uh, venues is good. Lotus of Siam, uh, now open, looking great. Yeah, it looks, you know, you wouldn't if you weren't told it was Red Rock, you would think it was like Wynn or something like that. The, the video that scrolls through it and stuff looks beautiful, looks amazing, high-end. 
you know, I love the color scheme, all the touches. It feels very modern. I'm all for it, man. I definitely would check it out for sure. All right, that's going to do it for this week's show. Make sure to leave a comment. Let us know what you guys think about this filming in the casinos, why it takes Nevada weeks to count votes, all the other stuff. Tell Mark why you like The Nightmare Before Christmas and why he's wrong about that. Just leave a comment and we'll discuss everything there. If you like the channel, don't forget to subscribe, smash the thumbs up, hit that notification bell just so you receive notifications of all of our videos. We do two a week, so we have one from earlier in the week. And we'll be back on Tuesday with another show. Thanks so much for watching. Talk to you next time.